quite often when I was a kid, from men. You know, of course, I know great love of the men because I've had so many clashes with them. Yeah. Uh, some of the songs they used to sing, I think back to some of the ones I used to hear, the expressions I used to hear, and I said, oh, what a dirty-minded dirty bunch of creeps. Well, some things never change. I think men are pretty much about the same, huh? Oh, yes, I have found... <laughs> I have sounded off at a few, and they don't like me. And lately I have criticized some. I've told them to put their ego away. That's good. That's always good advice for anybody. Yeah. Nope. Did you have any particular friends in your childhood, when you think back, who you spent more time with than others? No, my father was very strict with me. I wasn't. I used to play with Alita Austin. She lived over on what's, what is now Austin Street. Frank Austin was it. Frank and Alita Austin was. Uh, were her parents? Were her parents. She was sister. She was the youngest one in the family. They had two older boys, Leo and uh, Russell. And Russell joined the Navy and he made the Navy his career. And then there was Ellsworth. He married uh, Catherine Jensen. And he's, his son is here. He's a plumber. And uh, so it was his aunt, Alita Rothen, and she married uh, Fountain. I forget what his first name was. And she was in the service. She was in the Coast, Coast Guard, I think. Your dad wanted to keep you at home? He didn't want you? Yeah, no, he didn't want yeah. I He found out that I had joined the Navy in the paper. Ooh, what was that like? I went down, I made up my mind I was going, because I was working for the state of New Hampshire. I was in the statistics department. I used to have a ball up there. And uh, making graphs and things like that. It was fun. And also, uh, we processed all the reports, labor reports that came in, sure. workmen's compensation. Sure. Unemployment conversations, all those nice things. And uh, I was having a gay old time. I probably would have gone places. And occasionally I used to get loaned to the audit department when they got, when the annual reports came in in the spring. They, they'd get swamped. Because we got the annual report, employers report, in January for the previous year. And they had to all be, set. and then, in April, we got the first quarter of that year. So we, we were getting swamped. You were. So what did your dad say when you decided to, when he found out? He he said, he, oh, he didn't read the paper. Uh, somebody in town had seen it in the paper. Because I, the time I went down to take the exam test, uh, we had to take after two tests for that. I wanted, uh, they had three fields open. It was radio, storekeeper, and yeoman. And I said to hang. my first choice was storekeeper, because of course I like math, and the radio, communication. And uh, I didn't get my choice, needless to say, because in the meantime, they had opened up some other fields, 
They were opening up aviation machinists make aviation metalsmith rank. And I forget, but it was in ordnance. They opened up to the girls. And when I went in for my uh, interview, they told me I couldn't have any that I had picked. And that uh, I was going to go to aviation machinist make school. And I looked at the officer and I said, can I have a cha uh, second choice? He says, yes, aviation machinist make. <laughs> they said, they told me at that time, they said, if we ever attempted to give you anything but this, he says, we would be called in and wondered why. Because he says, you did better on the test than a lot of men do. <laughs> they had things, it was an aptitude test. And what they did, I remember one of them was, uh, they had some things on one side and you were supposed to match, match them up with what they went with. Well, you know, what nitwit, I thought, that wouldn't know that a screw went with a screwdriver. A nail went with a hammer. And that went on a boat. I mean, come on. Didn't they live? All right. That would be pretty scary if they didn't know the answer to that question. I thought, and they told me that I had done better than some men, and I thought to myself, Ye gads, what am I? <laughs> Wouldn't you have thought so? I hope you got those right. What? I hope you got those right. Yeah. And then they went up and we had a test on electric. And I, you know, when I looked at it, you know, so apparently I did very well. And she, uh, she said, uh, the uh, officer said, no, you're going to aviation machines make school. You know, a nut goes with a bolt of... I mean, a uh, wrench goes with a bolt or another. Uh, you figured that one out, so they figured you were gifted. Well, I knew a little more than I was supposed to know, I guess, for a woman. Yeah, right. And so, uh, I did, I had a, a gayo time down there. What do you mean, in the military? Uh, when I was in that aviation machines made yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. I had more fun than the girl monkeys. Any other women in town do what you did? I think Alita was the only other one she okay. went. No, she, they didn't go in the area. <coughs> I passed my first class test for an aviation machine's mate first class. I had second class. Amazing. And I was a crew chief at the end. Had my own little crew. Wonderful. What did you do? Repair engines, take them apart. Wow, I'm impressed. Get them all down to little pieces. Then I knew how the little pieces went back together. Pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. And also one time they set me out on the line to, uh, I think to change it, I think it was a starter to change on an engine that wasn't working right. And I forgot to sign out. I just picked up the starter and went. And I got hell when I came back in. Where have you been? We've been looking for you. I said, I was out changing the starter. You weren't supposed to be out because you weren't signed out. I said, well, it was needed to be done. I could, what I would have had to have done was walked all the way across the building to the way you signed at the desk. <laughs> I couldn't waste that time. So I took off. And got it done. And I got it done. Yeah. Let's see. 
Yeah, I got called. I was down in New Orleans. And uh, I always had an answer for people. Sometimes kind of flip. And uh, I don't know where I had answered someone. Someone made some comment to me, and I just gave them an answer. And somebody from out of nowhere said, she must be a damn Yankee. Mm -hmm. And I turned on him, and I said, yes, I am. And I'm proud of it. You've got any objections? He says no, so he went the way he was going, and I went the way. Oh, it's great. That oh yeah. Oh no, they didn't like the damn Yankees down there. Really? Was that hard? It was still. Uh, there was still that feeling. That's amazing, huh? All these years. Yeah. It's probably still there. Oh yeah. She must be a damn Yankee. Yeah. So after that, I think they said I was a damn Yankee. I didn't. I didn't say much or anything, but I. I let them know that. It didn't bother me. Good. Well, let me bring you back to, to Brookline and see if I can prompt any other memories. And when you were a kid, do you have any particularly fond memories of anything in, happening or anything going on? Well, I remember having to go down on the middle and pick cranberries in September and October. There was no playtime then. Did you do that for years? Oh, yes. Uh, Daddy did it. He bought the place. Oh, he moved here in 23, and what the deal was with O.D., he paid $100 a year rent for the house and half of the cranberries ready for shipping. Looked over and boxed, and O.D. Uh, provided the boxes. <coughs> so I'll tell you one story about that. Daddy and Mama would always get rid of them for Thanksgiving. They didn't want to keep them over for Christmas. So uh, O.D. never had any time. As, as they looked them over and got them ready for shipping, they divided them. And uh, so O.D. thought he was going to be smart because the price went up for Christmas. He said, I'll keep them until Christmas. And so he put them out after Thanksgiving so he could get the better price. Well, he got a lot. He got them all back because when they opened the boxes off, there was a few bad ones in there. And uh, so he came to my father and he said, "You didn't look them over." Daddy says, "I sold my half," and he says, "I got none of them back." He says, "What did you do?" He says, "I just uh, shipped them out." He says, "Didn't you know that uh, natural fruit, fruit will uh, some things will spoil?" He said, no, he said, I've got to look those boxes all over. Daddy says, they were saleable when I gave them to you. You do it. And he sent some of his workers from the mill up to, so he, Daddy set up the uh, rack for them to look those boxes over. And uh, it would have been worthless to have put them through the wintering machine, because we had a wintering machine for them. What does that mean, wintering machine? Oh, you dump them in the top. Yeah. Then you turn this handle, and they go down through. Uh, there's a, a spout that comes out the back. You can you can cover them and box them. They're 100%, no problem. The first drawer, there's three drawers. The first drawer, you didn't have too many bad ones in them. The second one, you had a little more. But you looked those two draw, drawers over by hand. 
The third drawer we just tossed. Gotcha. So it would separate yeah. out the good from the bad, huh? Yeah. Was that in this in the house that was on this site? Yes. Oh, wow. Was it hard work? Oh no, we sat we sat on a stool with the uh, rack in front of us that had the spaces between all the little and uh, you push the bag ones down through. I one time found a nice fat, this was maybe in a kit, a nice fat, big cranberry, soft. And it wouldn't go through the crack. My grandfather was sitting on the other side of the fence for me. And I looked at the cranberry and I looked at him. <laughs> and I threw it at him. <laughs> and it hit him right, right on the nose. <laughs> Did he laugh? No, he was madder than an old wet hen because it broke and it spattered all over his face. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh, if he'd been next to me, I think I'd have got sent into the next world. Oh, right. But oh, was he mad. He took his hand chief out and wiped his face. That's wonderful. Did, did your brothers help with that process? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, but they, uh, they didn't do too much on it because it we had to be in school, yeah. and because um, I was the first one in school, so I got stuck. But I can, I can, I can close my eyes and see Grandpa now. Yeah. Madder than an old wet hen. But I did a better job than I thought it was good. It's a good shot. <laughs> good shot. Well, your your grandfather, uh, how did he support himself other than when he lived with you? Odd jobs. Odd jobs. Yeah. yeah. And when Daddy got road agent, he always saw that people, I can remember in the Depression years, Daddy became road agent in 29, because at that time, Del Porto was road agent for all the roads in town. But then the state took over some roads, and he got the appointment, because he'd been town road agent, so they gave it to him, which is, I think, what it should have been. So Del came to my father and said, the town's going to have to vote for road agent this year. Yes, because I've been I've accepted the job with the state. So he didn't he won it and he was road agent all through the depression. And I used to, you know, feel as I look back now, I said, what a horrible job he had. Because he would on Sunday he would spend Sunday going out to get people to work the next week. And then Saturday and they worked six days. They didn't work five days, they worked six. Nine hours days to boot, and uh, and the, and Saturday night he'd tell him, "Don't come to work Monday." Then on Sunday he'd go out and hire a new. Mm. And he had to keep track of all that time. He had to do his own bookkeeping and whatever. I've got a book that will, of, of one year where he uh, kept track of his men. Do you think you would like it at the... We'd love it at the Historical Society, sure. Now, he was also in the legislature, your dad, for... Uh, he went from 1940 to 1962. Holy moly. That's a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Driving up to Concord? Gas rushing during the war. Oh. I think we stayed up there two nights. 
They get a hundred dollars a year, but then they get mileage. What prompted him to do that? Oh, he was always interested in the town yeah. and the state. Yeah. And I think he had a little encouragement from uh, Leonard Velisca. He was a lawyer. You probably know him. I've heard many stories about Leonard Velisca. Yeah. So he and your dad were friends? Very good friends. Yeah. Daddy had a problem, he'd go to Leonard. Leonard had a problem and needed some help, he'd come to Daddy. So. Oh, how wonderful. That's great. Yeah, uh, that's why I've been with Lucille Kowalski. Okay, we're back on. I remember your dad speaking about Indian remains. What do you remember? Oh, uh, Daddy, when he was a young boy, when did the ice house come in? 1890? That time frame, yes. Yeah, uh, to build them. They were digging for the uh, foundation for the... Uh, I don't know what you call them when you go down and... Yeah, the footings. Are the, the footings yeah. for the buildings. Yeah. And uh, they ran on to a graveyard of Indian. And my dad said he went over and he got the biggest surprise of his life because he said he expected to see tall, strong bodies. And he said they were all short and chubby. Ah, uh, how funny. And uh, so, and he hit, and also... There's, uh, there were items that belonged to them buried with them. You don't remember what they were? No, but Daddy said uh, the state told the ice company that they had to stop digging. But they also invited the museum from Harvard University to come up, because they have quite an Indian collection, to come up and see what they wanted out of this cemetery and they took quite a few things I don't think they uh, they took any bodies but they took a lot of the Indians belongings yes do, do you remember, are you aware uh, through Clarence that they've returned some of the bones did you hear that yes I heard that they returned some of the bones so but uh, also uh, I was down at the Harvard Museum and I saw some of these and at the time, I was in the eighth grade when we went to Boston for our class trip. And uh, I saw that. But the one thing that really impressed me much more than the Indian relics was they have a glass flower exhibition. It's the flowers made in glass to look like a real flower. It's the only, at that time, now I'm talking 1935. It was the only collection in the world, and it was done by German artists. Wow. So, so your class went down? Yes. How'd you go down? Train or? No, bus? we went down. We were driven down. Eddie Sheridan, Jenny Fesman's brother, drove one car down. I was in that car, and I don't remember who the other driver was. And we went down to Boston, and. Uh, we went to Howard Museum. We went to the Museum of Science, which was much, much smaller than what it is today. It was the very early days of it. And we went on the USS Constitution and through the rope walk. What a stinky place. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Did your high school class go down to Washington, D.C.? No, we went to the New York World's Fair in 39. Wow, wonderful.
I remember Hazel uh, Davis talking about going down to, to Washington. Maybe. Oh, yes. Was she older than you? No, she was younger. Younger. Okay. Yeah. No, they went, uh, we went, uh, they went to New York for many years from high school. And then we happened to graduate the year with the World's Fair. Okay. And that was quite a, quite a trip. We enjoyed it. In fact, it's written about it in my little book, wherever, oh, here it is. Yeah, and there's another. This is your, well, what is this book? This is a book describing your high, it's a high school yearbook, basically. Uh, this is, but they had, the student print, I think, came out three times a year. And the last issue of the year was always about the uh, graduation class. And also, this one happens to be in memory of Harold C. Bales. Uh, he was superintendent, and he died in 1939. He was the first superintendent. He was superintendent from uh, 1919. I, that was the first superintendent they appointed in Brookline. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I got that out of the school. <laughs> you're saying his, his jurisdiction included Brookline? Brookline, Guilford, Mount Vernon, I think there was five towns. I don't know where Brookline-Milford, Mount Vernon, I think Amherst, and Hollis. Okay. I think I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to go back to my school notes. Yeah, well, it's a wonderful little book. Oh, it isn't in this. It's, uh, I'm looking through this town, town reports. Oh, okay. Good. And, yeah, and I got... Uh, I suggested that they copy Mr. Bale's first report to the school board. From the town history? Is that in there? It's to be in the town history. Cause oh, he, so oh, he oh good. The next... Ver the next yeah, because he was appointed in 1919. I think it was the 1920 book that I found it in. Okay, good. So it was after our first town history. Yeah. That's a great idea. Do you remember, a thought pops into my head, do you remember any uh, dairies in town? Anybody who was in the business of selling milk? Oh, yes, Cox Milk Farm. Okay, that one that burned. That burned. That was the first pasteurizing plant in Brookline. Oh, no kidding. It was a pasteurizing plant that blew up. Oh. Uh, what about porters? Didn't they have... He had uh, cows and he did milk. And he, uh, he also... Uh, also, I'll tell you something else you, you may not know. It was that when I can remember, it was getting, but I can remember seeing milk cans sitting down to the people. For so being shipped out on the train? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can, and I was uh, in school. I think I was in grade school. I don't think I got into high school. Uh, Del Porto uh, used to buy milk and distribute it, and cream. And he had a 40-gallon, uh, a 40-quart milk container that was full of heavy cream, and it had turned. So he couldn't sell it. This was in the Depression, so it was in the th early 30s. And so he came to my mother, and he said, uh, uh, would you like a can of cream. And my mother said, what do you mean? 
because I've got a 40-quart can out there that has turned and I can't saw it. Would you like it to make butter? And mother said, sure. So guess who made butter? Did you? I had to. And mother had a churn that held a quart of milk. And good cream will give you a pound of butter. Some a quart of milk? Yeah. So I did 40 turnings. Was it crank? Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a hand crank. There was no electric ones around. I sat there and I did it. I did it in the afternoon. All of the cream? Yeah. Wow. So you know how I spent that day? Yeah. I'm surprised you can make a butter from turned cream. Oh, you have? They have to turn it, yeah. I didn't know. You didn't know how they made butter? Well, I knew it was from cream, but I didn't realize it was from cream. That oh, it's oh, they now today is all electric. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, they, uh, I don't think it was done what? commercially yeah. like that. I think they had uh, come up with gasoline engines. Paddles, that, sure, sure. Uh, engines that would turn the paddles. Sure. Yeah, that's probably hard work. That's a lot of cream. Yeah. So I did that. I spent one afternoon doing it. It didn't take too long. Oh, I think I got to a point where I could have done in uh, 15 minutes or something like that. Turn fast. You worked hard as a kid. Do you remember any other jobs, any other things that you did? Uh, you, you spoke of the cranberries, spoke of the butter. So my mother had one of these. Oh, I've got two or three of them. Those uh, big jars. What do you call them? Stone. Yeah, they're stone jars. Sure. And uh, she had 40 pounds of butter in it. How would you keep 40 pounds of butter? Oh, that house that we had that burned. Yes. It had the most wonderful cellar. Tell me about it. That God ever created. It was a dirt cellar. Yeah. And... Uh, we kept, Mother used to get, in the fall, from Russell, Charles Russell. We had a lot of farms here in town. He had an apple orchard. And we used to get three barrels of apples, and they kept all winter in that cellar. That is amazing to me. How can that be? He lined the barrels with newspapers. Yeah. Haven't you heard that newspapers are good liners? No. Oh, yeah. Hmm. He lined the barrels with newspapers and filled them with apples. Daddy liked Macintosh to eat, so we, we had one barrel of Macintosh. I wouldn't give him house room. And two barrels of Baldwin. They make the best pies. And uh, it kept all winter. We have apples in this much. Would you do anything, odd, anything other than just put the apples down there in the barrel? In the barrels. Did you do anything else? And, nope. No. No kidding. Did, did you keep anything else down there? Oh, yes. We had a bin with potatoes, full of potatoes. I don't know how many bushels of potatoes were in there. They lasted all winter. I'm amazed. And uh, squash and onions, carrots, turnips, and cabbage. Were they all in wooden boxes? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, we sometimes use cranberry boxes. Okay. Hmm. And it stayed cool there, but not oh, yeah. freeze. So so. No, it stays one. Yeah. The only time 
there was one chimney from the house. See, you see three chimneys? I do. This chimney went down into the cellar. Oh, no kidding. We had a stove down in the cellar. Mm. And if it went below zero, yes. Daddy would start a little fire down there. Yes. Just enough to keep in. Oh, and I'm saying something else about the school, talking about this pole. Yeah. We started out for school one morning, and we met. And this was when my grandfather was driving the school bus. He, he bid on the school uh, district, and he got the bid. But Alton Jensen still drove. He took the ones that had to pay, because we paid him $2 a week for transportation to Milford. And uh, this one day we were heading over. Grandpa, it was a little late, but we weren't late. We wouldn't have been late for school. And we met uh, Alton Jensen coming back with the kids. And he flagged us down and said they couldn't get the school building above 60 degrees. When we left the house that morning, it was 40 below. <laughs> 60 sounds comfortable. Yeah, but when you're sitting all day in a building and it's only 60, it's not That's that... That's not going to make it, no. No. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty cold. So we had one day off. Yeah. But that week we went to school. The thermometer never saw zero. How warm is your house? Remember being cold? Nope. No. Oh, of course we had uh, in the house in the winter time. People had, of course, your kitchen hook stove, which was wood. Good point. Uh. There were some people that had this gas, but not but many. Did you have a wood kitchen stove? What? Do you remember in your youth a wooden cast iron oh, yes. kitchen stove? Yeah. yeah. And then we had what they called the power stoves. They were the fancy ones, as you see. Mm -hmm. And the one we had in one of the rooms was the whole top came off. And at night when we'd go to bed, Daddy would be in it, bring in a chunk just the right size to fit in that hole. And he put that whole big chunk, and it would last until morning. Wow. That's wonderful. And uh, he banked the fire. That's what they called it. They banked the fire. He put the uh, vents down so that you just let a certain amount of air through. And it molded along all night. And he'd come downstairs and uh, and we had one upstairs. We had a smaller stove upstairs in one of the bedrooms. Okay. Wow. That's the way we heated our house. Did you have a barn? Oh, yeah. You can just see the roof of the mm. barn here. It yeah. was a big barn. This place was huge. Yeah. This was, the porch was 70 feet long. And I remember Daddy had to put a new porch floor in. And I remember that we had to get wood for 70, uh, lumber for 70 feet. Wow. And this was a big barn with a big door on it. Mm. It was a beautiful place. Oh, it was. Yeah. And, uh... Who I were your neighbors? What? Who were your neighbors? The fox. <laughs> the deer. Yeah. You remember that fondly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, was, there were several fox dens around in this part of town. Huh. There was one over on Cleveland Hill Road, up the hill. Was your father a hunter? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. I uh, 
had many a battle with some people, these anti-gun people. Even back then? No. Yeah, they were anti-gun. Huh. They weren't so many of them, yeah. but they have developed. Yeah. Oh, I know there was one girl, something was coming up, I was down in Massachusetts, was coming up about guns, and she says, I think they should ban guns. I guess there's been a lot of shootings or something. I said, no. I said, in the Depression years, when there wasn't any food, I said, we wouldn't have eaten as well as we did if my father hadn't hunted as much as he did. I said, I'm willing to bet 50% of our meat was wildlife. You think so? Yes. Wow. Because he most always had part of a deer, because there was a gang of them, that, there were four of them that hunted. So who, they, who, who were they? Uh, it was Frank Austin, John Elliott, Ike Stearns, and my father. This is during the Depression? Yeah. And, of course, the name Mike Stearns may not ring, ring a bell with you. It does not. No, they weren't here that long. But, okay. And I'll tell you, another family that disappeared was Melvin. Uh, no, I don't know that name. Uh, you know the house at the end of Cleveland Hill Road on Mason Road with the porch? Yes. Uh, Ma Maplehurst? Klein? No, not Klein's. It's between that. Uh, no, it's below uh, Klein's. Uh, Klein's is on Mason Road with its back to Cleveland Hill Road. Yes. Now you come a little bit farther, and on the right is sure. this house, green and white house that says. Porch. Big porch? Yes. That one we used to know as the Chase place. Chase? Yeah. It's a nice place. Yeah. I think that big open space line there was a set of buildings. I'm not sure, and they burned. Oh. But Melvin lived back. In there, you had to go in way back. I think there's a house now, way back there. Okay. And that was one of your father's friends. Yeah. yeah. Melvin. Dora yeah. Melvin. Uh, I think she helped mother sometimes when we kids were uh, small. So Dora did when people were having babies. She would go in for the day to help out. Okay. That's the way she did her living. Her husband was a carpenter, I guess. She care for the children or care for the mother? The mother. Yeah. Was, did she help in the birth? I don't That's remember true. whether she yeah. did. Yeah. Edith Whitney used to do that. Oh, in town? Yeah. Tell me about that. Whitney. <laughs> I don't know. Where was Whitney? Oh, she was downtown. You know this? Three or four big houses along there. There's one that's just been torn apart yes. and put back together. Yes. Uh, do you know the Norman Klein house? No. I think, no. There's two big houses that had porches on them. Yep. One of them, the first one, it was blue. Yes. They tore it all apart. Yes. And what have they made that? A two-family or something that looks that way? Uh, it does, but they spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, it was Branicky. It was. It used yeah, Branicky was yeah. the last one. He yeah. died, and I think whoever bought it from yeah. his estate. And then there was another one that was very similar to that. Yes. To the side of it. Yeah. Okay. Coming back, you know Whitcomb Store, where that is? Yes. You know the... I don't know whether it's two or three family house uh, across the street from it that has that long porch like that and yes. there's a piece that goes like this. Yes. Uh, you come back this way. Okay. I think the next house was Edith's. 
Okay, and there's a big barn. Not Chuck Rudder's house. Chick, Chick, Chick Rudder. What was? You remember Chick Rudder? Yeah. Big, big. No. Oh. Well, in any event, tell me about this lady. Sorry. So she was a nice. She had a husband, and she had one son. And uh, she used to. Uh, in fact, I think she assisted in all my mother's births. Wonderful. And I know she, she did uh, Donald Bannett with a lot of the uh, Donald Bannett relatives, too. Would she act as a midwife yes. on her own or with the doctor? Oh, she worked with the doctor. Okay. Now, the doctor was there. Okay. And she was, I don't think at that time they could do it. No, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. But she was very good. Yeah. I remember very well when Clarence was born. How old were you? Fifteen. Okay. I'm not surprised you remember. That must have been something. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember Frankie. He's the one that died. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was 16 when he died. Oh, what happened? I think it was a heart, defective heart. Because uh, first they couldn't do much about it. Because I can remember they had, the doctor and the nurse was there, and Edith was there for quite a while, all day pretty much. And uh, then I heard something, and it didn't bother me at that time, at the time I heard it. You know, being a kid, you'd hear they said, you're a blue baby. And since then I found out blue baby was hot troubles. Oh yeah, my my mother used to use that phrase, a blue baby, for premature or yeah. maybe something obviously was wrong. They weren't breathing, so they were yeah. There's a uh, sometimes there's a uh, leak in the valve. Okay, that's too bad. Your poor mother. Yeah, but he he was 16 when he died. Oh, 16. Did that line. Where was he in order? Uh, he was the last of the five before Clarence. Okay. Oh, that's too bad, I'm sorry. He was eight years old when Clarence was born. Uh, was he always weak? No, he was very strong. He was a nice looking boy. Oh, that's too bad. Georgie was a baby when we had the food. Oh, dangerous time. Yeah, he never had it. Well, they say, you know, they've been saying lately that uh, babies, when they're first born, has a lot of the immunity from the mother. They have their own immunity. They've got their own immune system. Yes. But a lot of it is from the mother. Yes. Yeah. They talk about the importance of breastfeeding. They talk about the importance of exposure to bacteria so you can, or whatever, so you yeah. can develop the immunities. Yeah. 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 So that's the way you can, uh, I've seen a lot of things. You know, oh, this was many years ago, and this isn't really this. I was talking to a couple of kids. They were in early college. I know we were first, second year. So they were, you know, close to 20. And I was telling them the things we have today that I didn't have as a child. And then I told them about a few of the things I did have. <laughs> and they just look at you and they said, what? I said, you should have seen the ki ki uh, cars that we had. They were surprised? 
<laughs> they were surprised? Oh, yeah. I said, no heaters in them. Oh. In the wintertime, if we went out in the car, we had soapstone pieces. Did you? That we would put in the oven and get them hot, 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 and then wrap them up in newspaper. That's wonderful. You know, newspaper is the best insulator. That's wonderful. So we would put them on the floor in the car and put our feet on top of them. Mm. And we had robes. You don't hear about a car robe anymore, do you? That's very true. It's very true. You always used to have one. Yep. Yeah. Now the heating systems take care of that now. Oh, yeah. yeah. When they work. When they work, yeah. I say that because I was driving to Freedom one night. When I got home, it was 18, uh, 14 below zero. And I had driven from Frank, uh, from uh, Waltham to Freedom, which was over a hundred, about 125 miles with no heat in the car. Ooh, cold feet. No, I had uh, a pair of boots that were insulated. Okay. And uh, they did very well by me. And also, I had an extra coat in the car, and I put that over my legs. So my body was nice and toasty. Long drive. Well, in this house, what was your source of water? Running water. When I say this house, I mean the house it was on this location. Running water, but the well is across the street. So gravity fed. Yeah, it was gravity fed. Well, it comes down five hundred dollars, uh, five hundred miles, uh, five hundred feet down a hill. You come to a set of shutoffs, a shutoff, and it went out because uh, when O.G. sold my father the land here, those camps that individually owned down on the lake. Was part of, that land was part of this house. This the OG wanted to keep it. My mother was furious. She said, "Hang out for all the land." Daddy says, "No, I want the cranberry bar." So consequently, he went out, and OG built a camp down there. Eldo built a camp, and then he rented the land. The first camp that was there was Riley's, and uh, he was a fisherman. He'd come over here, and. Uh, there was a big pine tree there, and that was the corner. And uh, I think the one, two, then there was Hilton's camp. That's where Louise Marshall lived. I used to babysit for Dr. Hilton. Hmm. And uh, then there was one, two, three. There were six camps down there, all owned by different people. And, uh, but Mama wanted Daddy to... Were they served by this water coming down the hill? Uh, the two Fenton camps were served by it. But they laid the pipe on the top of the ground. Ooh. That's a problem throat. in the winter. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. The first year it was fine, because they did it in the summer. Yeah. But in the next year, they had a lot of broken pipes. And they were mad at my father. And Daddy said, you know better than that. Yeah. So he didn't give them any sympathy. And, uh, but, uh, they then took and buried it, and what they did, they're in trouble. I don't know whether they still get water from up there or not, uh, those two camps, the two Fesman camps. Um, because in our deed, in the deed to this land, it isn't in my deed now, because Daddy asked me if I want, but it's in the deed for, <coughs> for George, if I wanted water from up there and I said no let George have all the problems <laughs> uh, 
You have your own well here. Oh, you? yes, I do. It's down yeah. in the week. Yeah. And I've got very good water. Good. Oh, I had an experience with that. What? Oh, here several years ago. Belly was still alive, and, and he laughed like a Son of monkey. Yeah. Uh, the guy came and he wanted to test, test the water. And I said, no, it's all right. I've had it tested. And he says, oh, no, we do a complete test, and it won't cost you anything. So he fought so hard, I finally said, if you want to be a damn fool, go ahead. That I said to myself, I didn't say to him. <laughs> go ahead. Because I knew what I was talking about. I think he thought that he had a woman, that I was a lame brain somewhere. Sure. So uh, I let him go, and he took his samples and left. And he came back. He didn't find a thing wrong with the water. That's great. Not a thing. It was perfect. And he was—he went out of this house so mad. He, he thought he could make some money. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he could sell me a system. Sure. Yeah. We just—we just had to drill a well at our house. Oh, just, you did? They finished it this week. What happened? Well. Uh, Is it too many people getting over there on the road? Well, you know, we had. I don't think so. I think uh, apparently it's something called a point well, which is a driven into the ground well. Yeah. And the head of the point well that's driven in sometimes deteriorates over time because if we have a toilet that runs a little bit, we lose all water and we have to wait. And if we have a party and too many people are flushing the toilet, it stops filling. So we bit the bullet and decided we had to drill a well. Well, you have a. Uh what do they call those wells that's driven? Yeah. An artesian well. Artesian well. Yeah. So that's what you've got. So that's what we have now for $7,000. Thank you very much. I was going to say, is it very hard water? I think it is. I think it is hard water. Usually artesian wells yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, they go so yeah. deep. Well, we're not tapped into that yet. We're still doing the point well. They drilled the well, but they haven't connected it oh, into the haven't. house. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was very, it's very, uh, George gets the water from up on the hill. He does, so. Yeah. And of course he can. But there was a pretty one that had a white stripe. <laughs> and, uh. Well, this was, was it during the war? Because Mama was alive. And I always, no, it wasn't, it was before the war. Uh, all of a sudden, we smelt skunk. Mother smelt skunk in the sink. In the sink? Mm. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, I can imagine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Daddy went up to see what was going on. And here there was a pole across it to hold it. And here there was a Mr. Skunk on that pole and couldn't get off, couldn't go oh, either way. So Daddy took a, he'd taken a pitchfork with him. No, not a pitchfork. One of the uh, forks you use in the garden with the old teeth. Pitchfork only has three. And uh, the other one has five, isn't it? I don't know. So, uh, he came that up with him because he was going to be prepared if he had, if he met Mr. Skunk. And so he, he put the fork out and the skunk crawled on. 
And that was fine, because Daddy was going to bring the thing down to Mother to show her what was smelling up her water. And partway through the woods, Mr. Skunk was able to hang his front feet on a tree, and he let go, and he hit my father right in the eye. Oh, no. The poor guy. <laughs> well, it was a poor skunk, because he broke up that fork on Mr. Skunk. And he says, there wasn't a piece big enough to pick up. <laughs> I don't blame him. He killed that cotton skunk. Yeah. He came in madder than hell. And he said, Mama washed it out with boric acid and water. And he came home a little fragrant, did he? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, but the eye was so, it was red to the beak. What was? The eye was the red eye, to the beak. The eye, I'll bet it, I'll bet that's a powerful smell to take a direct hit like that. <laughs> oh, he used to laugh at poor Dad. Mama laughed when he came in. I'll bet you did. And of course, he didn't appreciate that a bit. I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, he should have known that he should have carried Mr. Skunk by his tail. Your father was a remarkable man. Oh, yeah. And so that was, uh, he went up there. He wasn't afraid of anything. And I had people tell me, they said, you stood up to people. And I said, I got to the point where I'm not going to be pushed. Yeah. You get that from your dad, do you? Yeah, my mother was pretty stubborn, too. Yeah. I think a lot of those people, you see, as far as we can figure, I've gone back to my, on my mother's side, all the way back to 1630. Oh, good for you. That's fun. They they came over on a ship, and they had the name of the ship. 1630 had landed down what is now Sitwick. Wow. Where'd they come from? England. Yeah. Uh, they gave the name of the town, but I can't tell you where it was. And uh, they landed in there, and there were two brothers and a sister. One brother went down to what is now Cumberland. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. And what's the town just over in the Massachusetts? Well, it'll come to England right now. And the other one came up to Groton. But those two brothers, because of at that time, the old English writing it was confusing between letters, mm -hmm. G and J, because the J went around to the left, yeah. the G came around to the right. Okay. So it was Gilson in Groton and Gilson in Cumberland. Okay. And the sister married a Damon, which is an old, old family mm -hmm. down in Weymouth. Yeah. And uh, the one that went to uh, Cumberland is our branch of the family. But of course, we had a, was Harry and Jimmy Gilson alive? I don't think they were when you came here. No, but I know that name is a family in Brookline. Oh, yeah, but you didn't know Harry and Jimmy. Go, go for it. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one was married. One was married and one wasn't. But my mother didn't care for either one of them. Uh, what, what kind of people were they? 
I have no idea. She never said. She just didn't give him uh, space. She uh, gave him plenty of space. Right. And she wasn't in it. Right. And uh, so that's the crowd we're descended from. They were Revolutionary War violators, the War of 1812, the Civil War. That's a wonderful ancestor. And uh, some, uh, I guess one of them must have been Yes, what interested me, I had the book and I lost it. Uh, What's the name of it? Gilson, written by David Gilson in 1890. You don't have a computer, do you? No, but my son does. Because you can, there are some uh, used book uh, services where they have millions upon millions of books, and they, you can search for. Well, this for is where I went to good speed. Oh, it's a great book. place. Are they? Do they still exist? They do not. Uh, I went there and got them. In fact, I've got the files from good speed too. Well, I'll try to remember to look up Gilson. Gilson. J i l l s o n. J i l l s o n. Gilson. Got it. And. They had a birthday party for my grandfather's grandfather. 1800 and something. I've got a copy of it, of the report that was written by a newspaper. And uh, I forget how many were there, but my grandfather was there. And his father died when he was young. And. Uh, the elder grandfather, Timothy, in this story that they write, he laughs about the time that he was captured by the English and sold for a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. That's wonderful. And so I laughed, you know, nickel. Bought a human being. We bring a lot more to that. Oh, yes. And we cost a lot more today. But I enjoy, I, I like history. Yeah. Always have. Me too. You like local history? I like any history. Yeah. I do. At first, I didn't used to like ancient history. I thought that was the biggest bore that God created. Mm -hmm. When I was in school, in grammar school, one year we had, uh, no, it was the same year, sixth grade, we had to study ancient history of Egypt and the ancient history of Greece. And here I was, a sixth grader, just entering my teens. I had to learn. I said to somebody, he says, why do we have to learn about somebody who's been dead for 2,000 years? <laughs> that question has been asked before, I'll bet you. Oh, it has? <laughs> By many but young But you know kids. now, uh, I learned a lot in Sunday school. Uh, a lot of, of history? History, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. Because we, I had a, for several years, most of the time when I went to Sunday school, I had the same teacher. She was a school teacher, Marion Stiles. Okay. I don't think she was alive. You came here in the 80s. No, she yeah. was, oh no, she'd have been in. Yeah. Long gone. Long gone. Mm -hmm. And probably nothing left. Yeah. Uh, she took us there because I remember Babylon, the Euphrates River, and the Tigris River now that they've been talking about in Iraq. Right. And, uh, in fact, some reporter was saying something, and he mentioned the name Babylon, and I thought, boy, where'd you get that? Mm. 
It's not used very often. No. And of course we had a, a map of the world when uh, Christ was alive. And uh, I was, and now as I, I think I look at it at a different angle than I did in the sixth grade. Oh, I'm sure we could do it. I think I look at it as how things have developed. Because you go way back to that time, talking about how things have developed. I used to teach Sunday school. Where? In Weymouth. I taught three-year-olds. Oh, Lord, that's got to be a challenge. Oh, I had a ball with those three. <laughs> well, when you went to church here, was it the Church of Christ? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a congregational church at that time. Okay. And also, when I was really young, in the 20s, they used to have services in the what is the library now, but it was a Methodist church. And it always fascinated me because we had to go upstairs in the congregational church. But the Methodist church was right down on the ground floor. Now, what does that say? I'm not sure. No, so which church did your family belong to? Uh, they didn't really belong to any, but no, the... Uh, it was a congregational church, but the congregational church in its early years was on the first floor, too. That and was that, before you. Oh, long before. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I've always wished someone took a picture when they jacked it up and, and, and built this. Yeah, and they raised floor. the church up yeah. and put a lip floor underneath. That's amazing. Do you Back at that time, when we stopped and think of what they had for equipment to do things like that. Astounding. And they've moved buildings with some regularity, too. That wasn't uncommon. You want to know something? Clarence doesn't believe me, but in the town history, this, of course, this was the two kitchens. These two rooms were a schoolhouse in Milford. Wow, that would be a trip. Well, let's talk about that for a sec. What schoolhouses do you remember in this town? No. They didn't have the individual schoolhouses, did they? We had the Brown Schoolhouse on Milford Street yep. and Downs Academy Building, and okay. that was it. That was it. But there were a lot of houses. I forgot about one, and I knew it where uh, the clock guy, what's his name? Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, Henry Anthony. That, that was a school. I understand that. You'd never guess it. But no, because it's yeah. been changed. Birds did, uh, uh, Mr. Anthony told me some of the things birds had done on the inside. Yeah. Uh, he put a porch on it, but I understand the porch is gone now. I can't think of a porch, yeah. No, Hanty did, uh, but Burge did. Oh, okay. And uh, Burge was uh, professed to be a carpenter. But between you and I and the fence post, I think could, I could do a better job than he did. Where did he live? That old schoolhouse. Oh, that was his house. Yeah. Because there's another bridge on uh, Old Milford Road. Oh, yeah. There's a B-U-I-G-E. Oh, that's how they spell it, yeah. This is how the one on Old oh. Milford Road. And they go back before this Louis bridge, and oh. he spelled it B-E-I-G-H. Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, you know, what do you know about the Matthews place? Is that... Oh! What was going on there? Why, what are they doing now? Well, nothing now. I hope they... Uh, I oh, they ca the grandchildren can't agree on what to do. See, Matthews had three sons. William, who went to Hollis and lived, and he had quite a family. Okay. William, Guy, who has died, he had cancer. I understand very badly. And then there was John, 
and John lived in Pittsburgh, and he was in school with me. But Mr. Matthews didn't believe in schools. Oh. <laughs> Figure that one out. Yeah. So uh, did they grow up? Up there, yeah. Uh, in Matthews Place now? Yeah, there were two houses up there. He lived in one, and she lived in one. Who's he and she? Husband and wife? Yeah. Ooh. And there was a big she barn. Came, she came from Groton, Brookline. Why in heck she ever married him? He bad news? He was a lazy SOB. Gotcha. Okay, so the place burns down. What's the story there? Uh, the first one, there were two houses in, in the first one. Uh, and I've heard, I heard oh, many years ago that she had set the fire to the one that he lived in, hoping that he would burn in the fire, die in the fire. But he didn't. I said he was too mean. The Lord didn't want him with the devil either. Right. <laughs> so we had to put up... A, that's what we as kids, we used to say about people that were nasty. Yeah, the yeah. Lord doesn't want him with the devil either, so we have to put up with him. <laughs> I think I've heard Hector Homolesky say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, kids weren't too dumb. No. Well, that... Yeah, so, so both of them got burned down up there. That's oh, yeah, the second one did. But... Uh, Oh, she was a vicious person, Mrs. Matthews. She could tell you more stories with lies and <laughs> you could shake sticks at. She was a real vicious woman. That's the best. As she got older, she developed this anti-people. Was she a hermit? No, she had a big mouth. Yeah. Just mean and nasty, huh? Oh, yeah. She couldn't yeah. say anything good about anybody. I know the type. And uh, to a certain extent, I felt sorry for her yeah. being married to Bill Matthews. Mm. But the kids all did very well. John was in school with me, but he was, I think, two, two or three years older. But he never let his children go to school until they were eight, even though they, he was a miserable. Nobody liked him. And also, because they lived in that road that went off from Mason Road, they just went over the two-mile mark. Oh, so they, they had to trans... They, the town paid him to transport his own kids. But you think he'd pick any kid up that was walking? Oh. That's sad. I get paid only for my sons. And I'm not... And he wouldn't do anything for anybody. Oh, he was a, yeah. and they said the garden that they used to have, they used to have a nice garden, and they sold some, some vegetables, but I don't think they were ever as good as uh, what Mr. Gould, Joe Gould had, mm -hmm. and uh, of course we had a big garden, we had peas, potatoes, beans, cucumbers, tomatoes, so we didn't have to buy those things, we had plenty of our own in our own garden, but Daddy never had good luck with asparagus. But Joe Gould knew the secret. Yeah. Did your mom tan? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, she'd have, by the end of the year, by the end of the summer, she'd have somewhere between two and three hundred cans downstairs. Everything. Wow. Amazing. And she made jam and jelly, particularly mincemeat. She was talented, or hardworking at least. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we lived very well. 
And many a times we had beer mixing. There was out of the uh, shoulder meat. If Daddy got the upper shoulder, uh, upper part of the body, Mama used to take the uh, shoulder meat and grind it up and make deer meat. Wow. And that was good. Yeah. That's wonderful. So she used to do a lot. And my mother was, was a very good cook. I always have said for a long time, she could take nothing and make something. <laughs> That's great. Do you remember times being hard during the Depression? Oh, very definitely. Yeah. Oh, yes. We were given... I got a lot of clothes given to me because we had some friends that were school teachers. And uh, many a times, my clothes, my dresses, didn't come from the store, they came from, from them. Yeah. Oh yes, uh, and anybody that had boys uh, didn't, didn't think, and of course also we had, uh, the boys that wore those sheepskin coats, and they were long, and they probably, well, they passed them down too. Sure. They got down to Clarence. <laughs> Pretty worn out. Yeah. Oh, they were gone. Clarence didn't get much hand-me-down. Yeah. Because he was, you know, too little to get Frankie's and yeah. and usually a lot of Frankie's was hand-me-downs too, Already. particularly underwear. Right. I didn't get much hand-me-down underwear, but I didn't have too good, too big a supply either. I betcha. Yeah. So, uh, and I wore them until they wore out. Would you, uh, where would you Visitor, yeah. I can turn that off. Hi. Hi. Hello. I told you a little bit about Cox's farm. Yeah, and I, I have a postcard that, uh, that, what a magnificent place that was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember. The driveway went down and went around and came out. Now, that was in the area of the pizza place on 13, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Uh, what was Constantino's? They got right, a new right, name. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that was burned. That burnt. I'll tell you the day it burned. It burnt Easter Sunday morning in 1932, and it was my birthday. Uh, and the whole thing went down. Oh yeah, the uh, pasteurizing plant exploded. Okay. And so where were their fields? What? Where were their fields for the uh, for putting the cows to pasture? Oh, out in back of the house. So it was all cleared down to the river or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they had uh, quite an expanse there because there was no houses. You couldn't see a house yeah. from their house. Uh. They sat alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wonder where they went. Did they have kids? Or? I think there were two children. Yeah. They all got out. Good. And uh, I don't know where he went. Ralph Cox was his name. Mm. And uh, they were a nice family. His mother lived with them. She had lost her husband. She was living with her son. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, they had to, uh, 
shoot the bull. That was the only animal they lost. They had to shoot the bull. Why? Uh, they were afraid of, that he might harm some of the firemen. Right. Because you know, animals go kind of wild. Yeah, a bull is a dangerous animal under the best of circumstances. Yeah, well, when we lost the house, we had a car that jumped into the fire. Oh. My brothers took the two horses out and they uh, two, uh, two cows. And they got them out and they were running around in the field. But the uh, heifer jumped in and died? Yeah, that is, that's what they say an animal will do in a fire. Uh, they want to put it out. Hmm. It's something there that's uh, going to harm them, so they'll get rid of it. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Hmm. What about other fires, I wonder, in town? There's, there was a ha there was a house across from Miriam Jepson's place uh, that burned down the corner of Canal Street and Meeting House Hill Road. Doesn't ring a bell. Yes, I heard about that. There was a big fire in there. I think it burnt more than one house. Yeah. They had that was an early, early fire. Back I guess really before they had pumpers. Yeah. Because I have heard uh, they did have the hand pumper. I don't know whether they still have it or not. Do they? I think they they have I don't know. They have some old stuff. I don't know if they have that. Yeah. Surprise, oh, yes, uh, you've probably heard about the, the, the fire department uh, ran dances to raise money to buy a new fire truck. Uh, no. Oh, yes, okay. they, back in the Depression years. Okay. Once a month, they had dances there at the uh, Donald's Academy building. Oh, okay. In fact, I can remember back at that time, they said that floor in that hall was one of the best dance floors around. Ground floor or? They run up in the hall. Up in the hall, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they have a karate school up there now and they're jumping around. That's got to be pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering about what, what other functions you remember. I mean, I understand they had down in the basement. That used to be open, you know, with the metal pipes and they'd have dinners down there. That was a banquet hall. Okay. Yeah, and there was a kitchen out there. I don't know what they've done with the kitchen. It's gone. They had a big stone. Oh, yeah, long gone. Yeah. Yeah, I've waited on table there many, many times. Yeah. What were the functions? Grange? Uh, oh, home days. Okay. In fact, I've got papers, the paperwork from 1935 old home days. Oh, that's wonderful. That's which I'm going to put together and uh, give to the Historical Society. Or oh, I probably could increase your collection. <laughs> Well, we love that whenever, whatever we can help you with. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we have a lot of work to do. It's all safe and together, but someone at some point is going to have to develop a system who knows archiving so that you can retrieve this stuff. If I live long enough, I might say I'll help you. Oh, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting. Oh, I know it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. you got to, you know, stick with it. Yeah. And uh, I wish I was a little younger, but... Uh, of course, I couldn't tell you the stories if I was. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Your, your wife was, it was your wife, Anne, wasn't it? Anne is my wife. She was, wasn't she the first president of the... Yes, she was. First president. She was president for a while. I don't know if she was the first president. But she was the president when we I moved I understand the she was one of the instigators to get this going. 
Well, she was the instigator to get the house moved, to buy the house and to get it up on Meat yeah. House Hill. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Uh, I think it's nice to keep that. Old. I was hoping that the town would buy, uh, would uh, give this schoolhouse to uh, oh, yeah. the town. That would have been perfect. Yeah, because I could think of a lot of things I would like to see done with it. Yeah. Set up a, uh, take one room and set it aside and set it like it was set. Oh, that would be wonderful. I don't know where you could find any of the chairs or desks either. I don't, well, I'm sure you could get the same kind, maybe not the that, same that, ones. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie, that was... Eddie Wickham bought that, and then he sold off everything inside. He sold off his desks and, and also, as I remember, the uh, teacher's desk. The blackboard was behind her, and the teacher's desk was up on a raised platform about like that. Okay. And her chair was there. Wow. I'm surprised they took the steeple off. It probably got, or the belfry or whatever it is. Yeah. Probably got rotten. Did you see that uh, Clarence took the Methodist church steeple off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll fix that one more time. He's so good. He's so yeah. good. He works so. My father, the Congregational Church, my father painted that right. steeple many times. Wow. And they didn't have the things to do it with it. Right. You had to climb up. You climb ladders and um, block and tackle. He painted the town hall many several times. That's a big building. Big building. Yeah. And he had the ladders to do it. He had a three extension, three sections for one mile, and he'd go to the top of that building from his back. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> a little too high. Yeah. yeah. Well, he learned to paint, if I remember correctly, uh, Joe Willette, the Willette house down here, next to the cemetery, yes. here in, on the lake, Yes. that White House. Yes. He was a painter, and my father painted with, he hired my father to paint. And he used to paint with two of his sons. Leo Willette was a painter. I know. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, they used to paint together. Also, they used to have, talking about entertainment in town, Minstrel shows. Oh, I've seen a picture of blackface. Oh, yeah. yeah. They stopped that when uh, they came down with that ruling, when was it, in the 30s, 40s? That you couldn't dress up like a colored person? Oh, or was I, it later than that? I have no idea. I never heard of it. A lawyer? you never heard of it? Never heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it was quite a stink. Well, I get, yeah. I can understand. I, I'm not sure that it's appropriate, but I didn't know that it was... I'm sure it's not appropriate. I didn't know it was a law. Oh, yeah. But times were different uh, 70 years ago. Luckily, oh, we yes, they on. used to have a minstrel show. They had uh, a Christmas show on the... Uh, the toy that wouldn't break. Hmm. Uh, people dressed up to look like toys and acted like the toys. Oh, how wonderful. Can you imagine? Supposedly sedate people doing things like that. Uh, you got to let go every once in a while, right? Oh, yeah. And the baby show. That, I wish there was pictures around. I don't know. Winston would be the only one that I would... Uh, Winston Hall. Yeah. Because Florence Hall directed it. Oh, no kidding. I wonder if they have anything. You see, we're always trying to entice items 
out of people for preservation of the historical society. It's it's hard, you know. People love these things; they don't want to let them go. No, I'm just looking because I have some plates with churches on them. I think that top one is Brookline. Yes, it sure is. Church of Christ, Brookline, New Hampshire. Yep. That's wonderful. That's a that's a lovely thing. Have you got one of those in the historic? We do have one. Oh, you we do? We do have one. And A.A. A. Hall used to put out plates. Uh, yeah. You've seen theirs. Calendar plates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are treasures. Yeah, I don't have any of those, but uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the bottom one is. Yes, I have collected plates. Yeah, New Hampshire State Grange, it yeah. says, yeah. So you were interested in grange stuff. Well, I think that that's a nice example of an organization which was, which is effectively gone, which was very, very important, uh, and did uh, great things in town. Oh yes. Yeah. During the Depression years, uh, they were very active, and also they did a lot uh, for the less fortunate, shall we say? Good. Because, uh, and I started to tell you, and I didn't. They started the. Uh, Given a gift to the, I did the uh, guy, uh, the kid that had the best box in the eighth grade. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Then they changed it around and they gave. I think they started out giving a dollar, so you can see. Things have changed. <laughs> yeah. The dollar is different. And uh, and then it was the kid that made the most improvement in the year, and they did it for each room, I think. That's nice. Yeah, we need. Uh, we don't have much much Grange material. We, you know, a couple of programs, a medal or two. Uh, Will you give me two, three minutes, and I move kind of slowly, but I'll go get you some programs. But I know there are more because uh, then what I this group that I got right together, I have to go downstairs. Can I help? No. That's nice. Oh yeah, I had a lot of very good friends. 